Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memarei Ram Goldhar and Tehira Masecha Sukha Daf Hey. The first parak Sukhi Shehikavoa. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara asks what the source is for the Mishnah's ruling that Sukha Shehikavoa Asar Tfachim Pesua, a Sukha that is not at least ten Tfachim high, is invalid. Rav, Rabbi Chanin, Rabbi Yochanan, and Rav Chaviva taught Arm Tishuf Kaporis Tefach Harikan Asara. The arm was nine Tfachim tall, and the thickness of the Kaporis was one Tefach, which is a total of ten Tfachim. And it's written. It is there that I will set my meetings with you, and it shall speak with you from atop the Kaporis. It was taught in a bright of Yossi says, The Shekinah never descended below into the human domain, and Moshe and Eliyahu never ascended into the heavens. As it stated, As for the heavens, the heavens are Hashem's, but the earth he has given to mankind. Since Hashem spoke to Moshe from atop the Kaporis, it follows that ten fachim from the ground begins a separate domain. We see from here that ten fachim is the minimum height of a partition. Pointing to the Gordon notes that it is correct to say that the arm was nine fachim tall, since the Pasuk states its height was an arm and a half, which equals nine fachim. But where is it known that the Kaporis was a tefach thick? So it stated in a brace of Rabbi Hanina taught, called Kalim Sha'asa Moshe, all the Kalim that Moshe made the Torah gave their length, width, and height measurements. Whereas in the case of the Kaporis, the Torah gave its length and width, but it did not give its height measurement. Rather, say Omad, go and learn the height of the Kaporis from the least of the Kalim, for it stated with regard to the Shulchan. You shall make for it a border of one tefach all around. So just as there the border was a tefachai, say here also the kaporis measured a tefachai. And point number three, after establishing that the minimum height of a sukkah was derived from the arn and the kaporis that was ten fucking tall, the Gemara asks, from what evidence do you say that the interior space for a sukkah must be ten fucking in height, excluding the thickness of a schach? Say rather that the ten fucking are measured with its schach. Rashi explains that if it's learned from the combination of the Arn and the Kaporis, then the 10th Fakim is a combination of the 9th Fakim airspace and 1 Tefach of the Kaporis, which in the case of the Sukkah would be represented by 1 Tefach of Schach. The Gemara therefore presents a different source for the 10th Fakim height requirement for a Sukkah from the height of Moshe's Kruvim. The Gemara determines that the Kruvim were 10th Fakim from head to toe, and it's written, The Kruvim shall be with wings spread above, sheltering the Kaporis with their wings. Here we see that the Torah calls this sheltering a Sukkah covering because it occurs above an airspace of 10th Fakim. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara asks what the source is for the Mishnah's ruling that Sukkah that is not at least ten Fakim high is invalid. Rav, Rav Yochanan, and Rav Chaviva taught. The arm was nine Fakim tall, and the thickness of the Kaporis was one Tefach, which is a total of ten Fakim. And it's written, It is there that I will set my meetings with you, and I shall speak with you from atop the Kaporis. And it was taught in a price of Rav Yossi says, the Shekhinah never descended below into the human domain, and Moshe and Eliyahu never ascended into the heavens, as it stated, As for the heavens, the heavens are Hashem's, but the earth is given to mankind. Since Hashem spoke to Moshe from atop the Kaporis, it follows that ten Fachim from the ground begins a separate domain. Accordingly, ten Fachim is the minimum height of a partition. Point number two, the Gemara notes that it is correct to say that the arm was nine tefachim tall, since the Pusik states its height was an amma and a half, which equals nine tefachim. But where is it known that the kaporis was a tefach thick? It stated in a bright of Rebbe taught, called Kalim Shasa Moshe, all the Kalim 
the motion made the Torah gave their length, width, and height measurements. Whereas in the case of the Kippurahs, the Torah gave its length and width, but it didn't give its height measurement. Rather, go and learn the height of the Kippurahs from the least of the Kippurahs. For it stated with regard to the Shulchan, you shall make for it a border of one tefach all around. So just as there the border is a tefach high, say here also the kapor is measured a tefach high. And point number three, after establishing that the minimum height of a sukkah was derived from the arn and kapor that were ten tefachim tall, the Gemara asks, from what evidence do you say that the interior space for a sukkah must be ten tefachim in height, excluding the thickness of its chach? Say rather, that the ten tefachim are measured with its chach. Rashi explains that if it's learned from the combination of the Arn and the Kaporis, then the ten Fakim is a combination of the nine Fakim of airspace and one Tefach of the Kaporis, which in the case of the Sukkah would be represented by one Tefach of Schach. The Gemara therefore presents a different source of the ten Fakim height requirement for a Sukkah from the height of Moshe's Kruvim. The Gemara determines that the Kruvim were ten Tefachim from head to toe, and it's written, by your Kruvim Porsik and the Fayim Lamala, so Chachim Bekanfeim, all Kaporis. The Kruvim shall be with wings spread above, sheltering the Kaporis with their wings. Here we see that the Torah calls this sheltering a sukkah covering because it occurs above an airspace of ten tefachim. All right, so now we go to our simon daf hay, and our standard simon is hay, like a haystack. So here goes. When the boys who filled the nine tefachim box with hay and then covered it with a tefach thick cover they made from the border of their kitchen table were about to be caught by their mom, they raised their arms up in unison and covered it, pretending to be little angels. Once again in slow motion. When the boys who filled the nine tefachim box with hay, hay, that must be more enough, hay. When the boys who filled the nine tefachim box with hay and then covered with a tefach thick cover, which reminds us that the source of the sukkah that is not at least ten tefachim high is invalid, is brought from the arn in that it was nine tefachim tall and the thickness of the kaparis, which was one tefach. And it's written, it's there that I'll set my meetings with you and I shall speak with you from atop the kaparis. Rabbi Yossi says, the Shekhinah never descended below into the human domain, and Moshe and Eliyahu never ascended into the heavens. Since Hashem spoke to Moshe from atop the Kaparis, it follows that ten Tfachim from the ground begins a separate domain. And therefore we see ten Tfachim is the minimum height of a partition. So when the boys who filled the nine Tfachim box with hay, and then covered it with a Tefach thick cover, they made from the border of the kitchen table, which reminds us the one Tefach thickness of the Kaparis is learned from the mascaras of the Shulchan, from the border of the Shulchan. So when the boys who filled the nine talking box with hay and then covered it with a tefach thick cover they made from the border of their kitchen table were about to be caught by their mom, they raised their arms up in unison and covered it, pretending to be little angels. Which reminds the Gemara asks, from what evidence do you say that the interior space for a sukkah must be ten tefachim in height, excluding the thickness of its chach. Say, rather, that the ten tefachim are measured with its chach. The Gemara therefore presents a different source for the ten tefachim height requirement for a sukkah, from the height of Moshe's kruvim, which were ten tefachim from head to toe, and it's written they were sochim bekanfeim al-kaporis, sheltering the kaporis with their wings. Here we see that the Torah calls this sheltering a sukkah covering, because it occurs above an airspace, of ten tefachim. So once again, when the boys who filled the nine tefachim box with hay and then covered it with a tefach thick cover they made from the border of their kitchen table were about to be caught by their mom, they raised their arms up in unison and covered it, pretending to be little angels. All right, now it's time for four blah hazara. Daf peches. So the simmer daf peches is a garbage can. So here goes. The ball carry hiding out in the garbage can. Garbage can? That must be more than daf peches. Pach. Garbage can. 
the bald carry hiding out in the garbage can because he was so embarrassed that he wasn't allowed to go to the mitvah after mincha because the ne'ilah was at night, which reminds us, on Daf Pezayin on my base, Rav said, Tifilos ne'ilah poteres eshel arvis, ne'ilah exempts one from the chiv of mar, meaning that if one has recited ne'ilah, he does not have to recite Marv that night because Rav holds that Nigel is recited after nightfall. Otherwise, it could not substitute for Marv. On this stuff, the Gemara teaches that the question of whether Ni'ila can substitute for Marv is actually a Machlokas Tanayim. So the Balkari hiding on the garbage can because he was so embarrassed that he wasn't allowed to go to the mikvah after Mincha because Ni'ila was at night was so confused when a sign came down from Shamayim that his sins were forgiven, which reminds us that teacher Bryce has taught the flying Bryce before of Nachman, a If one experiences an involuntary seminal mission Yom Kippur, his sins have evidently been forgiven. So the ball carry hiding out in the garbage can because he was so embarrassed that he wasn't allowed to go to the mikvah after Mincha because Ni'ilah was at night was so confused when a sign came down from Shamayim that his sins were forgiven, together with a portrait of him in the future, with a lot of offspring. Which reminds us, a Bryce of the Yeshiva Mishmael taught, one who experiences a seminal mission on Yom Kippur should worry all year long, but if he lives out the year, he may be sure that he has a place in Olamaba. Rashi explains that living out the year means that he is Maisim Tobin to his credit and is thus deserving of Olamaba. And Rabbi Dimi came to Babo. He said, He will live long, multiply, and multiply further. Dav Beis and Sukkot. So the Simmer Dav Beis is a bias, a house. So here goes. The above 20 Amasukkot that looked like a house, a house, that must be more in Dav Beis. The above 20 Amasukkot that looked like a house and was next to a Mavui was declared possible, which reminds us that the Gemara gave two answers as to why the Tana used the term Basula for Sukkah Uschach is above 20 Amos instead of Yemayat that was mentioned by a court that was too high in a Mavui. Either because a sukkah is a deraisa, or that a sukkah has so many details that the mission would have become unwieldy if it included a fix for every case. So the above 20 on a sukkah that looked like a house and was next to a mavui was declared puzzle, because it didn't remind people of the sukkahs in the midbar, which reminds us three different sources were given for why schach cannot be above 20 amos. Either because one won't see the schach and be aware that in a sukkah to remind them of the sukkahs in the midbar, or they'll be shaded from the walls and not the schach, or because it will then need to become a dearest keva. So the above 20 Amasukah that looked like a house and was next to a Mavi was declared Pasol because it didn't remind people of the Sukkos in the Midbar and its walls didn't reach the Schach, which reminds us that Rabbi Yoshi has said in the name of Rav that the Machokas in the mission between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda is only B'Shein Dafanos Megiyos L'Schach where the walls do not reach the Schach. If they do, the Tanakama would agree that a Sukkah higher than 20 Amos is kosher. The Gemara says this opinion is in accord with Rav who disqualified a Sukkah more than 20 Amos high because the eye doesn't notice the Schach. Here, since the Walls reach the schach, the eye will surely notice it. Daf Gimel, so the simmer Daf Gimel is a gamal, a camel. So here goes. The huge camel, camel, that must mean one Daf Gimel, gamal, camel. The huge camel sticking out from his small sukkah was trying to pull his table into it from his tiny house, which reminds us the Beisham Beis will argue on the minimum size of a sukkah as well as in a case of a large sukkah, whether the table needs to be in the sukkah lest the person is drawn after it and comes to eat in his house. So the huge camel sticking out from his small sukkah was trying to pull his table into it from his tiny house that was too small to be high from his mezuzah which reminds the Gemara brings the Bryce that teaches that a house that is not 4 by 4 almost squared is part to mean a mezuzah, mean a ma'akeve, and a matam because the word bias is written in the Torah with reference to all of them and a dwelling less than 4 almost squared is not considered a bias. So the huge camel sticking out from his small sukkah was trying to pull his table into it from his tiny house that was too small to be high from mezuzah ma'ake and was only suitable to keep a shito. Which reminds us that shito may be placed in a house that is less than 4x4 four four amos since the function of a shito is to merge all the courtyards of the mavoi for their use, 
not for habitation. As long as the sheet of is located in a protected space, the sheet of is valid, even if that space is less than 4 by 4 Daf Dalad. So the similar Daf Dalad is a door. So here goes. The owners took the door off the 21 Amasuka door. That must be one Daf Dalad. The owners took the door off the 21 Amasuka where the dangling glitzing didn't provide the majority of shade, which reminds us that if the sukkah was taller than 20 Amas, and the leaves of the palm branches that comprise its chach were dangling into the airspace of the sukkah within 20 Amas of the floor, if the shade provided by these tips is greater than their sunlight, it's kosher. If not, it's puzzle. If the sukkah was exactly 10 fucking tall, the minimum height of a sukkah, and the palm branch leaves were dang within the tent fachim, Rava told Abai that even if the sunlight was greater than the shade, it's a dira sarucha, a dwelling that's uncomfortable to live in. So the owners took the door off the 21 on a sukkah, where the dangling hutzing didn't provide the majority of shade, and used it as a platform instead, which reminds us that the case of a sukkah that is taller than 20 amas, ubanaba isaba, and one built a platform in it, is coming to teach that even though the third distant wall was not a valid wall to begin with, because it was above 20 amas, we can still apply the halacha of Dovan Akuma to it to remedy the disqualification. So the owners took the door off the 21 Amasukkah, where the dangling hutzin didn't provide the majority of shade, and used it as a platform instead. After they were told their good Asik idea with the 10 fucking pillar wouldn't work. Which reminds us that the case of a sukkah taller than 20 Amos, where one built in it a pillar that is 10 fachim tall and a 7 by 7 fachim, we cannot apply the law of good asik, which would extend and raise the partition on each of the pillar's sides to the schach above, creating a valid sukkah on the pillar's top, because the area of a sukkah must be a dira, a dwelling place which can only be attained through mechitzos and yikaros, through noticeable walls. Alright, so that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu, wishing you a great day and great learning.